0: Welcome to Remix the Narrative. Remix the Narrative is a podcast that discusses the issues and topics that impact children, families, and education. Through dialogue, we discuss the good, bad, great, and ugly with the hopes to promote change. Tune in to get expert advice and tools to help the whole family. hello everybody welcome welcome to our community town hall on justice and freedom i am so excited because this is a topic that has been i feel like top of mind and when i when god first put on my heart for us to have this conversation this was actually prior to quite a few things happening in our in our nation and in our city and so for some things to have unfolded i I believe we're going to get to a place of really trying to come up with some next steps to make some changes so Again, as you are coming in, I uh, would love for you to share, share this live. Um, This conversation should be pretty, pretty, pretty deep, but I also want us to leave from this space with next steps and things that we're doing to move forward. Um, You will also see that in the comments, I have put a link to a Google Doc um, as we are talking about different topics that are connected to justice and freedom. Um, I want you all to be proactively seeing how you can be involved. And so when you fill out that Google form, it will let us know like, in what areas you feel the most passionate, you want to learn more, and really join um, this movement and making change. And so I'm Jerima McGorham For those who may or may not know who I am, I'm the founder of Birth Into Books, um, and also just really big about community organizing. And I have an amazing panel. We got two more people that will be joining us as we go. Um, and so, before we dive into our topics, I would love for each of them to kind of share who they are, their background, and um, you know, area of interest, and what brought them here. So we can start with Miss Markeenia Williams.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Marquinha Williams. I am a Chicago native. Uh, I am an educator, administrator. Um, activist, speaker, aunt, whatever you want to, whatever label you want to give me, uh, that's probably will uh, fit my profile. I'm also an executive board member for to to Books. Uh, Jareem and I are good friends. And so I love the work uh, that she's doing uh, for uh, the the city of Chicago. And I'm just so honored to be here tonight. You know, I think um, the last 48 hours have been very emotional. Uh, regardless of what side of the track you're on. um, Obviously for Blacks in America, Blacks globally, we have felt uh, the sting again of of police brutality, of inequalities, of racism. Um, And so I'm happy to join the conversation today help originate an action plan to help our frustrated youths uh, to figure out what we can do as a community without passing judgment. And so I hope tonight that will uh, bring us to some of these topics and and correspondence.
0: Awesome, awesome. And then we have Mr. Tony (laughs) Briscoe.
2: Hey, greetings, everyone. Uh, greetings to the Queens who are uh, on the line as well uh, with uh, Jerima and uh, Kenya. Uh, my name is Tony Briscoe. Um, I am a motivational speaker. I am a hip hop artist. I am a spoken word artist and um, I work uh, in a school network uh, here within Chicago. That's where I met Jerima uh, and also i'm part of a couple of mentoring programs so one is a poet people of extraordinary talent and then there's also champs are culturally helping and making positive success a male mentoring program uh, here in chicago illinois headed up by our, our executive director Von uh, bondell singleton so uh, i'm just here to be a voice you know during this time i've really just been working to educate myself um even earlier in last year it started just on a journey of reading <laughs> and learning and and packing in history so you know to be Forty-eight years old. I've just been taking a more active learning in, in Black history and African history and African descendants of slaves. And so I've been I've been reading and I've been learning. Been watching uh, watching YouTube videos and just gathering all the information uh, that I can because I think that's one of the movements that has to take place. People need to be educated about us, who we are as a people, where we come from, our background, and pieces like that. So other than that, you know, I just I'm, I'm a boots on the ground kind of guy. I like to put in the work, and yeah, so I'm here.
0: I love it. Um, We have so many different topics we're going to hit today. And I think a a commonality that we just shared, which is education, is where I would love for us to start. And um, I think it also is connected to what we've currently seen this past weekend and just overall during this time. So my first question I want to pose is, how are the children,
2: right? Mm -hmm. Um, This
0: idea about educational reform and what are some things we should be considering? And also to be honest um i've heard so many and i'm just gonna be real criticism about our youth and their actions and i mean in 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 many ways kind of villainizing them this weekend when it came to like the looting and all these different things so i just think overall just having a really real conversation about how are our children and what is it that we should take responsibility for as educators parents community leaders when it comes to them. Um, before we get started, if you're watching, you can post questions, comments, please. This is an interactive conversation. We will have a Q&A at the end where we will address if it doesn't like flow with this um natural conversation. But I wanna open up with how are the children? Who who, who wants to kick that off? And whatever you wanna take it, we're gonna take it then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I- I'll kick it off. So let me deal with, um, let me deal with the young people first. So I teach Sunday school, also a minister. I failed to mention the biggest part of my life. (laughs) Um, You know, so I I teach um, seventh and eighth graders and to hear from them on Sunday afternoon was mind blowing from yeah, brother, Tony, thanks for asking how I'm doing. Um, I keep Proverbs 4 and 23 in front of me because I can't let negative space in me. The scriptures tell me to guard my heart. That's from my, that's from an 11-year-old, first of mm-hmm. all, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so She just is like, I'm not watching the news. I'm not on social media because my parents won't let me. I'm cool with that. But she was just like, I'm not watching the news because it's just too much for me right now. And a- another young man... Um, You know, he's younger, but he's still in my class because he kind of thinks on a higher level. You know, he's just like uh, I'm, I'm disturbed because I just don't understand why our people are doing this to each other during this time. We have enough on us already dealing with police officers killing us. Why are we adding to the fire, you know? Um, my daughter is pretty cool. She watches the news. You know, I had a, had a talk with her the other day and she was just like, I'm good. And that's where she likes to keep it. So I don't force it on her to talk about, you know, these things. Um, so that's how the younger people are doing. I talked to my nephew uh, the other day. He's fresh back from his first year um, at Clark Atlanta. And I can tell her. I can tell he's at an HBCU because his his whole conversation is just different. Like I'm I'm hating on him because I know he's getting taught stuff I didn't learn ever, but he talked about his, the the problems he's having with his own peer group. So it's like, first of all, he's 17 and he's going to be a sophomore at Clark Atlanta. He'll be 18 by then, but he's talking about why we are blaming each other for this.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. He's trying to explain to his peers why y'all blaming us though. Like y'all do realize, yeah, I get what's going on, but you do realize all of this is systemic and it's been happening forever. And so I'll stop there and let you all chime in. But that's some of the feedback that I've been getting from them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kenya. Absolutely. uh, I don't have children, biological children, uh, but I am connected to to children, to young people. I have four nephews, four black uh, boys, you know, uh, directly connected to me. I have cousins, uh, that are, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, uh, right in that, uh, generation that's behind us. Right. Um, and so, uh, one word answer, uh, for that question would be the children, they're broken, you know, uh, they're, they're lost, you know, their, uh, parents, don't have answers, you know, society, no one has an answer uh, for what's going on um, besides justice, but we know that that takes time. That is not uh, an instant, you know, method. And we live in a society where we are used to things being instant, you know, we don't wanna wait for our food to warm up since, you know, we have microwaves. We don't wanna wait for anything. And so the answer that is needed um, often it just creates more brokenness. And so um, I actually texted my nephews yesterday. Uh, one is 13, one is 15, the older, the oldest ones. And I asked them, you know, how are you feeling? And they said, I don't know how to feel, <laughs> you know, and I said, that's okay, because neither do we, you know, yep. and I pointed them to uh, the Tessa tussa race uh, massacre that happened in 19, uh, 21, which, you know, the dates are so eerie because that happened 99 years ago, uh, on yep. May 31st, yep. uh, through June 1st. And so they read it and they said, Oh, wow. Like that puts things in perspective. I am not Uh, supporting the looters, but I understand, you know, I understand the level of frustrations uh, that the children, they've already been in house for three, two, three months, you know, without answers to coronavirus, you know, and now you have um, just, just murder done in broad daylight by people um, who have taken oaths I, I've been looking up just various uh, cities uh oaths and and code of ethics for their police officer, and all of them you know state that they would you know uphold the law, they will not you know defame their badge and and we're not saying that you know the lack of trust that is within our communities by the police, they are not seen as servants, which they all say they serve and protect. and so the children I think are broken and confused for a simple answer.
0: Yeah. And I, you all both hit on so many big points. Um, Today alone, you know, because me and Tony both, we saw each other, we were out um, and he called us, you know, we were looking for locations. So we was on 83rd and we still saw people who were looting today. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think that I've seen so many people on my timeline, like, oh, my gosh, these people are still looting. Like, what's going on and what's going on here? And especially even yesterday, um, videotaping and showing kids and, you know, just kind of here and there. And you both have alluded on, like, on, on many cases, our kids are saying these are the conditions that we're in. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I, I, I think for some, yeah, we have some who are like, they saw this as an opportunity opportunity my friend going to nike i'm about to give me some nikes you know what i mean like it is what it is mm-hmm. but i think many as I, I hear this quote over and over again that the riot is the language of the unheard right like this is this is my way of letting you know that i'm done like i'm done <laughs> like I, i'm gonna let you all pay attention to me like for many people i mean i believe like looting in these stores yes it might have been like dang you know things are being thrown here and there for others. I'm looting this grocery store. We're taking these groceries to the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we don't have any groceries. We we need these clothes. We need these um different materials. And so I think in many cases, when we talk about like how are the children, um one of my best friends, Jadine, she just recently posted like now that we are cleaning up the neighborhood, what are we gonna do about the mental health of our children? Mm-hmm. Like, what services are we about to give them to help them to heal from these, heal from this? Because I think that as you contribute to, to uh, or said, can you there's so many things they've endured. They've endured being at home these last two three months. They're about to go into a summer where they're also still going to be quarantined, right? They're also um, have of them already have multiple struggles and things that were going through before this time. So instead of us pointing fingers, how are we gonna? What are we gonna do to help, mentor, coach, guide? Because I think for many of us, maybe we weren't out there because we were hurt. We have people we feel like we have where we're acknowledged. In many cases that might not be the space. And so um, again, I'm posing this to you all again and those who are listening. What is it then do we do, right? Like what do we need to do first, second, third, so that we can really um, put these resources together. Like if you're listening, do you provide mental health services for teens and youth? And if that is a thing, how do we connect these communities? Because I feel like a lot of these communities also, as we're seeing that the loot is happening, is in already devastated and forgotten about neighborhoods, right? And, so, and many yeah. of them are even more, you know, depleted now. So what are we going to do in order to help these children? Because we already know that they need help. We already know that they need support. And what they don't need is for you to come to them and tell them, Y'all know y'all messed up, <laughs> right? They already, they already understand it. That, that doesn't right. register. The same reason we were villainizing them to having that party. Like, why all these different things, like at the end of the day, just scolding you, I don't think
2: <sighs> Yeah, no, I agree. And of my interruption earlier. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think part of the, part of the issue, like I, I look at Facebook posts, right? And when I see my white friends say, look at these savages. Hmm. Look at these animals, you know, it's like, so which ones are the animals, though? Because there's a whole lot of white people out there. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of Latino people out there, but it's a whole lot of white presence out there. And I don't have the data and facts to say if it was Antifa. I can only go off what we saw from the Minneapolis Police Department that says some of the people they arrested were white supremacists. And so, like, let's be real clear who are animals and who are savages as we talk about all of this. You know, we know why cage birds sing, but what do cage birds do when they get free from the cage? Mm-hmm. And mark Mark Kenya nailed it like we've been built, we've been we've been contained for months. um I can't I'm not I'm not graduating like I typically would, you know, and this is this if these are the, the young people who are out there at the end of the day, I can complain about them, but I still say my sons and my daughters have lost their minds <laughs> because <they're still laughs> my sons and my daughters, right? And I, I think there's no understanding of it. We have a young man in our, in our one of our champs mentors, and he says something so profound. He just finished at the police academy. Um, he's not on the force yet because COVID and everything jumped off so they couldn't, couldn't join yet. But he said they took them to the Sabo Museum and walked them through after they graduated, some of what blacks went through during civil rights in the sixties. And his white counterparts who just graduated with him looked at him and said wow we never knew this happened we were never taught this in school how is it possible in the year 2020 a graduating academy of the chicago police department and you have young white men who were on this force and have never been educated on how their batons and their dogs and their water hoses and their fists and their guns And their cars and their paddy wagons and their laws were all used to subjugate black people. How was that even possible? Yes. And they're blown away like, man, this, this, wait a minute, did this really happen? Like, it's in a black museum, bro. It happened. They had no knowledge of it. When you saw cameras pan downtown Chicago, there may have been 15 white officers for every two. Yeah. Yeah. That that means we're being policed by people who don't live in our areas. You cannot build community relationships that way. (laughs) Yes. It is absolutely 100% impossible to be policed by people who do not live in our community. Roll through Chinatown. I bet you see a lot of Asian police officers. Absolutely. Roll through Little Village. I bet you're going to see a lot of uh, Latino, of Latino descent, police officers, but you won't roll through our communities. You're not going to get the same thing. And for a long time, I attended my CAPS meetings. There was maybe one Black officer in my CAPS meeting the whole time I was in there for years, right? That says a whole lot. And so while we need to be educating ourselves on what discrimination looks like, we need to be making sure that there are policies in place that educate white people on the history of African-Americans in this country mm-hmm. and where it started. And so we don't have time to focus on one thing. We've got to be able to hit multiple things from multiple yep. sides. And Dorema, i talked to you about this. A letter I'm yep. working on drafting to Senator Dick Durbin and to mm-hmm. Congressman Bobby Rush. We need a national federal database tracking every law enforcement officer in this country yes if you are working for the sec and you do insider trading and they find you and you go to jail you can never work in the financial district again for the rest of your life you are barred for life if you're an attorney and they catch you doing some malpractice things they will bar you from life how is it that a police officer Can shoot and kill a black man, can shoot and kill a brown brother, and you can move to another county or another town and get on the police force. That that is criminal activity and criminal negligence. So we got to go beyond police officers and go to legislators because the laws is what's empowering them to continue to do what they do.
0: Yeah. And and I love what you're saying. And people are like, yes, great idea. And this is the reason for this platform, because now we start talking about strategy. Right. We could be angry. We could be like, you know what? We don't have a voice. We're not getting the police that we want our neighborhoods. So this is where we start stop asking and demanding things. Right. (laughs) We start saying, you know what? We we got enough data to support why this should be the, the case. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we got enough people backing us and that just is what it is And so this is where we become strategic and so for those who are just ty- chiming in if you see that Google form at the top The reason I have that because as you are listening and we're talking about topics and the reason you see me kind of bouncing between topics Because everything is interconnected Mm -hmm. Right? We can't talk about education and not talk about law enforcement. We can't talk about law enforcement and not talk about the black dollar in our communities. We can't talk about the communities and talk about all these other things that's happening in the nation without seeing how they're connected. And for all of those things, it comes to, okay, now we're rioting now we're protesting and now we need to start, how are we going to start getting at these people's tables and talking and creating, like you said, this legislative and all these different uh, forums so that we can let people know, like, No, 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 not only do we have enough, and yeah, I busted down Target, but I'm also about to bust down City Hall, (laughs) right? We about to go down to City Hall with my well-thought-out law, you know, my whole platform letter. I got my back, and people who are on here, if you are a lawyer, if you are connected into politics or alderman, whatever you are, we need to start now. This is where we start strategizing and coming together. So, this is the movement we're working on here while we still are helping black communities and black businesses, right? So, we need to still, you know, build up and we're going to get to that in a second about like the black businesses and all of that. But this is also something, like you said, we can't be like, okay, we just going to work here. Now we're going to work here. Now we're going to work here. No, we got to work on everything,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
0: And we got to figure out what's our lane so that we can really just get that stuff moving. So, I would love to hear. Um, again, yes, definitely, Kenyon, what you're thinking. But what's what's that one? Like, what do we need to do in order to get those kind of strategies going? Because again, we talk it. Now we need to start walking it. It's the whole reason for this this time.
1: I, I think. Um, I think there's enough of us who are experts in our own field. Um, our own, you know, career path or whatever we're doing, um, that we have the tools, we have the resources, but too many of us are all are operating as islands. So you have hodgepodge, five people over here trying to do this, 10 people over here. We need numbers. You know, we need the masses to unite. Yes, we are the minorities in America. Maybe it's 40 million of us here, but that's enough to make some movement. You know, we, we, we talk about voting when it comes down to the presidential elections, but the, the, the city elections where you're, you know, voting for your uh, legislators, for the judges, we need to vote. Those are the people that immediately impact what we do, you know, in our day-to-day lives, you know, and so there's not a lot of momentum around those uh, uh, times of, 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 of action. And so I think enough of us need to band together. Instead of, you know, 50 people starting their own nonprofit, like we need to streamline. You know, we have the Chicago Urban League. I don't know how active they've been, you know, with with what's recently going on. But we have major staples in our communities that already have had, you know, the 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 voice. Um, but we need to even uh, provoke them to do more NAACP. I've been a member, but I don't, I don't really know how to contact anyone, you know, in my local area, like these are organizations that are around, but what are they really doing? And so we need to, um, network with them, call them to the carpet, figure out how we can expand, how we can grow. Um, it's, it's a shame that in the city of Chicago and I lived on the South side of Chicago, my entire life. Um, up until two years ago. Um, there's only one social service centers for those kids. And that's the Martin Luther King skating, skating, roller rink for all of those kids on the South side of Chicago. You have one area where these kids can skate and bowl. That's, her, that, that's horrific considering all the kids on the South side of Chicago alone, but you go up North, you have all these options for the kids up there. You know, so we need to talk about the things that are in our community so that the frustration does not come out in violent ways. These kids can't blow off steam. You know, they don't have even today. They have to shut down the, the food giveaways because of the violence. So we probably had hundreds of thousands of kids that did not eat today. So what's the alternative? Yeah, we close it down. But but what can we offer the kids? Yeah. You're, you're what you just I'm sorry. I just wanted to
0: read what uh, Jerica just said really quickly because I think it's highly connected. And it's, she said, "I would love for our youth to learn about the different opportunities and careers, such as lawyers, judges, and take office in politics to make a change. We need policymakers to change laws. We need to mobilize the communities to get them ready for voting instead of waiting in November for the election comes. So I think even that, as we're talking about um, how do we build." This capacity and getting people on board i think making sure we're educating our youth about their power when it comes to that you know what i mean like we got all these rallies and i've seen like cool campaigns like don't forget to vote you know what i mean and then i was like but why you know what i'm saying like but why and i mean not not why like because your ancestors died for this and all of that is true right all of that is true but if I'm growing up, like I've I've lived in the house I'm sitting in right now for two years, Auburn Gresham, my pretty much my whole life. <laughs> I need to know why voting is gonna change Auburn Gresham. Like, what is gonna change what I see every day on Saturday night in Hermitage, on Ashland? Why I don't have now, we only had like one or two really like grocery stores. Like, what is that voting gonna do? The census. What's that census going to do for me? Like, I get it. You're telling me it's going to bring fun, but I need to break that down to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is that important? And, and guess what? Knowledge, for, you know, and you get investment, right? And we know this as teachers. I can't come in front of my students and tell them they need to learn X, Y, Z in science. The way I, I I build relationship with my kids and understand them, so they can see the application right now. Like, when you walk out my door right now, this is why you need to know the periodic table. Not because you need to be able to do this chemical reaction, because you need to understand that the reason you have uh, asthma is most of your buildings have lead, as you understand, is a metal. And because it's in the paints, that's why we got these schools and people have all all these different disadvantages and health issues. Because now that you know that, you're going to go back home and you're going to start looking around, right? You're going to start, you know, I'm just going, you're right. It is a lot of people in my in my house that have, you know, asthma and uh, you know what I mean? It now it makes sense. Now now it matters. That knowledge is going, it's helping me make better decisions. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so we can't just say, oh, you didn't go to vote. But guess what? You didn't even really tell me the power that goes with that vote. Yeah. But when you tell me that power, guess what? I ain't gonna never miss a vote again.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: So we gotta do that kind of work of of grassroots like Englewood, this is why you need to vote. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh Roseland, This is why you need to vote. Everybody was up in arms, and I'm gonna be quiet about old-fashioned donuts. Lord knows I love me some old-fashioned donuts. However, if you go over there, it's a ghost town. Old-fashioned donuts is like in the in the corridor of all these closed businesses. That used to it's, be the hub of Roseland.
2: It's in the middle, and you see you, you don't even see buildings, you just see You don't even lots.
0: see buildings. It's just lots. Yeah. Hmm. You, If I live in Roslyn, you tell me how my vote is going to give them some more businesses around here and how it's going to bring more attention. Guess what? Now we got now we got some momentum. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. we can't villainize people for not knowing certain information because, like you just said, we're not learning in school. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And if people who are at the levels to really educate are creating those spaces for us to learn, then why am I going to really make a difference come November? Yeah, I might not like Trump, but that might not be enough motivation.
2: It's just—it's it's, it's, not—it's honestly not my motivation at all. And I'm—I'm I'm glad we brought up voting because I think—and thank God for Mays Jackson and what's in it for the black people. Because without his vote, without his voters guide, I literally yeah. would not know which judge to vote for. I trust Mays like that to have an understanding that this brother has been in the game on both sides of the equation. He sees it from a holistic perspective because I don't know which judges to vote for because we all have full-time jobs working for our families, and if you don't have kids, somebody else's kids or your kids, are you assuming that responsibility, right? We don't have time to do all the research that is literally, but let me say this, some of us don't, I don't make time to learn about every judge that I need to. I trust people who are in place, like Mays Jackson, to present that information for us. And that's another legislative piece I think we need to change. And I'm so glad Marquinha brought it up. There is an absolutely... No reason a judge should just be allowed to sit on a ballot and be voted for. Yes, they need to be put in platforms, just like every politician, every alderman has to have a debate, whether it be in a town hall or on a radio station. Every judge should be have to be sit before the people and have some kind of town hall that questions their voting records. I have never seen so much incompetence on the bench that I have, Dylan with what my brother had to go through dealing with a judge. The level of incompetence was ridiculous. He had no rights as a father. He had no rights as a good father who was providing for his son, who was taking care of his son, who took his son. He had no rights at all. He could have no defense. And at the end of all that, the judge said, well, I didn't know. Mm. These judges need to be put through the exact same crucial process in the public. Hey, everybody wants Trump to have a conversation. Everybody wants Alderman Brookers to have a conversation. Everybody sure. wants Peter Hartman to have a conversation. Everybody wants these pastors to be put on the mat and have a conversation. Everybody wants to have an understanding from Minister Farrakhan, what's going on. So why are we not seeking information from these judges? Because it's not designed for us to. Yep. And that is one thing. And we're talking years in the works. We might not see it in our lifetime, but there is right. absolutely zero reason that I can see with my limited knowledge where a judge should be automatically put on a ballot and we have to vote for them without knowing their voting record. Yeah. Without knowing who they what they voted for and what they've stood for, and without knowing where they stand. Yes. You're you're a judge. I want to know how you feel about black people. Yeah. Without before you. You're a judge. I want to know how you feel about uh, you know, brown people when they stand before you. I yeah. want to know. Well, why did you let this officer off for the last four complaints against him? Why were there never any charges against him? Mm-hmm. Why, why did you decide this did not need to be educated, adjudicated? What's talk, talk to us? What's going on here? And so I think judges need to be put through the exact same scrutiny that every politician. Is um uh, that has to has to go through. I see Donica Jaskin asking, where can we find this voters guy? Yeah. You got to check out Maze Jackson's page. So just M-A-Z-E Jackson. And man, we need to find, find out how we can get Maze on one of these platforms because he's a very good strategist and what's in it for the black people. I know there are people who don't like Maze. I eat the meat and spit out the bones, but personally, me, I don't have no problem for what's in it for the black people because you know what? Nobody's asking what's in it for the black people. Yeah. Nobody's asking what's if I vote for you what's in it for my community? Yeah. Because we still got to go to the corner to get a to get a loan because the bank next door wouldn't give us one. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? We yeah. still we still got somebody paying $22,000 on a $5,000 loan in a 155% interest rate. Wow. We couldn't get a loan from Chase. We yeah. couldn't get a loan from USA Bank. And I understand that a lot of buildings are on fire right now, but believe me, they got insurance. That's why, not, that's why they're not showing up. We just we stayed in the Walmart parking lot on 83rd and Holland Jerema. We were there. A police officer sat there for Sure did. and let them for,
0: and let them keep looting.
2: And he was waiting for a phone call because yep. Walmart had not checked in with them. The people who he called to come board it up. He was waiting 60 minutes for them. So we got the phone number and we called them right there on the spot. Bondale and myself, hey The police officers has been waiting for you all. Every time somebody calls in, y'all say y'all not hearing something, right? But we see the police officers. And he's like, I can't engage that because I'm one man right here. If I do something, it could trigger. I got to wait till my team shows up in numbers in order to deal with crowd control. And so I know a lot of pressure's coming towards them, but I feel for these brothers and sisters out there right now on the front line because they have to engage this. And they're not trained. To deal with mental illness, they're not trained. Cha- they're not trained to de-escalate all the time. They're trained to go in and activate, right? And so I think if we deal with these judges and put them on the exact same platform that mm-hmm. everybody else has to be on in order for them to hold that seat, that's a way we bring more accountability to the table. So those two legislative met- measures, judges, and then the legislative me- measures on a federal database. That tracks every complaint, you know. If, if 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 there's a warrant for my arrest, I don't know what they do when they pull it up. But if I'm in California and there's a warrant for my arrest in Illinois, they know
0: about
2: that. <laughs> they, that they know it. Yeah, and that same thing should happen when you have a civilian board that's overviewing the police department. So when they pull it, oh, let's see what this officer's history. Oh, he came from Mississippi. Oh, he got Mississippi and he went to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, Now he's in Chicago on the police force. Well, we got some records here that don't align with what's here. They need to be put through the exact same vetting process as everybody else does. Now, I'm not sure who's running the psychological test of police officers, but so many so many of these guys are creeping in unaware. It's just not good business.
1: Well, they're not running it. And if they are, they're not running it consistently. And, you know, I don't know what the recertification or reevaluation process is for law enforcement, uh, but I know as educators, every few years, we have to recertify. We have to make sure that we're compliant with our training, that we're up to date with current policies and practices. I don't know if that happens in law enforcement, but it should, Yeah, they shouldn't be, you know, sworn in in 1922 and ride that out through retirement. And never have check-ins, never have you know reassessments of their mental health capacity, because uh, they 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 take on the community, all the 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 groans and moans of the community. So, do they have therapists? Are they going to? They should be mandated to have therapists and to keep their therapy appointments just because of the weight of their jobs. Um, and I don't I don't know if that's happening. I don't know if that's a common practice.
2: And, and that's something that goes on the legislative side of things, right? And that's a direct city hall. And Kenya, you brought it up again. Federal elections, I'll tell my people, look, I don't really care about federal elections. You know, I, I don't, I, I'm sad to see President Trump in office. But if you want to move a mountain, you have to vote in your municipal elections. Yes. Your, your aldermen, <laughs> your judges, your mayors, your governors, because that is what is running the show. Yep. yep. Federal elections come around every so often, but your local ones, the people who are with you every day, you have to vote locally. When I had team members, when they got their citizenship, the first thing I said to them, Have you registered to vote? No, yeah, I, I, I don't do that. <laughs> well, I can't make you vote because you're on my team, but I'm going to be in your ear every day until I find out you registered to vote. <laughs> And when he talked about how he felt participating in the process, man, like I really felt like I was contributing and giving back. And I'm like, I'm not even asking you who you voted for. I want you to go exercise your right to vote.
1: right? Because
2: yeah. you're here. You being here by itself is a privilege. I want you to understand that you, you you're under a race of people who were brought here and are exercising this right to vote. And these are the reasons why you vote, because you want to be able to move local, Politics and local politicians. And it's a fight every day. It's a fight every day. But the voting power, if you don't care, it matters federally because, oh, President Trump got elected. He didn't win the federal vote. But you got to have some understanding of how electoral college votes work for every state. Some states are smaller, but they still get votes. So you got to have an understanding of all of that. But if you really want boots on the ground, you have to participate in your local election process. Mm-hmm. and you're, you're absolutely right hope I'm, saying, I'm hoping I'm saying Jakia Dorsey's name right whoever said your vote doesn't matter I understand the surface of that but your vote does matter in your state it matters in your county and it matters in your city ask mm-hmm. Alderman Brookings he won the last election by almost 550 votes that means he was 500 people or 506 people away from losing his seat mm-hmm. your local votes matter yes
0: And I think this even ties in, Tony, to when we say your vote doesn't count, all voting counts. Like, I'm not even talking about um, your alderman, I'm talking about your local school council vote. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, When they send those surveys out to you, you know, like essential, you know, surveys, the five essential surveys, and, and, you know, we're rating the schools and all of that, and they send some out to the parents, and the kids have to take the teachers. Those votes matter. <laughs> that participation matters. And I think that we gotta understand that we have so many opportunities for our voice to be heard. And sometimes we kind of like weigh what matters and what doesn't matter. It all matters, right? Mm-hmm. And especially for those who are doing a lot of work within the neighborhoods. I'm learning more than ever. Knowing who the Alderman is in these different wards matters. Yep. Knowing yeah. what they've done for years matters, right? Like I I've seen firsthand, like a lot of the work that I'm doing, of course, is throughout the South Side. But there's people that I'm talking to like, man, you know, we should do this, we should do this. I'm like, man, we've always tried to do that. Really? So what hasn't happened? Well, that's not his agenda. You don't think it's important. And so every time we we bring it up, we want to do this community event. They don't give us the funding for it. They don't give us the permit for us to host the event or X, Y, and Z. So you just start learning that, ultimately, if I really want my neighborhood to look a certain way, I need to understand who actually makes the decisions in this neighborhood. Right. You know, I might want to start this big whatever initiative and bring my business in here. And it's going to re- transform. Right. But you got to get approval. You got to get some some permission. And some people literally just like them judges have been in these ultimate seats and all these different seats for years just because you just know the name. Not because you even know what they do. You just know like, hey, they've been my all since. I mean, what forever? So I guess they cool. But ultimately, when you start getting into those positions, and I'm starting to realize more and more, our our, our issues aren't aligned, and actually, I mean, our our value systems aren't aligned. And I know the people I'm serving is not aligned either, but they're not going out and voting you out. You know what I'm saying? So you got another term, yeah. And now, yeah. now we got more resistance to do the work we need to do in these neighborhoods. So all yeah. matters. All I
2: mean, those people have been in office for decades, and I'm, I'm yes. giving no—I'm giving no shade to the Honorable Bobby Rush, but I've seen the voting record. I've seen the legislation that has been put forth, and I'm just like, man, either you getting resistance, brother, or something else is happening here. You've been in the game too long. We hold a accountable. He only had eight years in the game. Bobby Rush, Dick Durbin, y'all cats been at it forever. There's no way. We should be allowed with this. Congressman Rush should have got a 100% vote when they when he when he started talking about early anti-lynching laws. Hmm. Nobody wanted to back him. How was that possible? Nobody wanted to back Byron Allen. How was that possible? So, right? And so I see two things we're talking about so far. Finding a legislative piece where yeah. we can talk about changing laws that impact police behavior. Finding out how to get judges on a platform. And then finding out how to empower our people with why their votes matter, Mm -hmm. why all the votes matter, why every seat. I didn't even think about the school board, so you brought that up, Jareem. But so, you know, all of these voting pieces that matter. Why is the census important? Oh, well, if we've got a population in Chicago of, I don't know what our population is, what is it? Seven, eight million am i begging am I, am I too low it's, it's pretty it's pretty you know, it's, it's whatever it is right mm-hmm. well if, if, if only half of that fills out the census and we only get half of that for funding that's going to be a problem right i think the second place i would well i think the third place that you mentioned jerema is how do we find out every not-for-profit organization mm-hmm. in this city and, and, and Vondell would be excellent for this because the brother is tied to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the champs executive director is tied to everybody. And I'm sure Kinga has some contacts too along with you. Makenya, excuse me. How do we get these nonprofits at the table? I know the Obama Foundation has been good for this and maybe it's fine, you know, talking to uh, Dr. Carter over there to find out how we can blend this to see like, if we build this consortium of people and just dispatch how do we keep it organized? How do we keep it structured? And how do we keep it consistent? And how do we keep egos out the way? Like, Ooh, okay. there, there's no benefit. For <laughs> that's, us. It, that's it right there. <laughs> this is all for this is all for the people, right? <laughs> how do we get the egos out the way and just come up and target what's viable for everybody? And let's just put in the work and do it. The third piece I want to get into is the education of our young people. Hmm understanding college was not designed for black people at all. We built the, we built the plantations and the schools and couldn't access them. And couldn't access them. Right. How do we, if we're going to keep 50 schools closed, taxpayers still have to pay for the buildings. They still have to be engineered. They still have to be maintained. Yeah. How do we now turn, how do we work with the mayor's team? How do we turn 50 closed schools into 50 technical schools? Great, you don't wanna bring back auto mechanics inside of a school. You don't wanna bring drafting inside of a school. You don't, you say that every school can't afford to have a coding program, great. How do we turn 50 empty? Cause you use using one of these buildings for a police spot for training, right? That's that we know of, (laughs) yes. right? How do we turn these other schools into technical buildings to teach our young people plumbing and electronics? And how do we further the agenda for a full Black minority union so we ain't got to worry about dealing with the other people who don't want us in their unions? Mm, Yep. That's got to be on the spectrum and the platform. Now, I I am pro-college. Jareemah, you already know, I've been in school since you met me. I just graduated from NIU last year. I'm not saying college is for everybody. I feel like everybody needs to go and find out for themselves before I just tell you don't go to college. Mm -hmm. Wharton School of Business had on an executive who talked about how he teaches his children, Mm -hmm. a white guy. He said, son and daughter, if you're not trying to go into academics, if you're not trying to go into the medical field, If you're not trying to be an accountant, an engineer, or architect, find something entrepreneurial you can do. Hmm. Now, if this is what white people are teaching their children. See, we're teaching our kids to blend in and integrate, right? W.E.B. Du Bois, it was either the miseducation of the Negro or the problem with the Negro. I think it was the miseducation of the Negro. He said in there, and I'm paraphrasing him, He said, the problem that happened with us is we got the work of slavery confused with the tyranny of slavery. Mm. It was good to build build a plantation. Mm. It was good to harvest your crop. The work was good. The way the labor was produced was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about jobs that black people don't want to have, it's not that we we, we can do anything and everything and are doing anything and everything. Mm -hmm. The problem we had as a people according to W.E.B. Du Bois, if I'm quoting him correctly, if I'm paraphrasing him correctly, is that we mixed in the the bondage of slavery with the work of slavery. Mm. So anything that had to do with housekeeping, anything that had to do with tilling a lawn, anything that had to do with working in the field, we chucked it out the window. Mm. And we wanted to integrate into schools because now, I wanna I, I wanna I wanna get what the white folks have. And the, order, the only way for me to do that is to go to school and get an education. Right. Now I can do that, but I'm gonna spend the next 30 years paying off school loans if I don't get a scholarship, because scholarships were not designed
1: mm-hmm. for black people. No.
2: And white women are the biggest benefactors of affirmative action right now, like hands down, right? How do we get these buildings turned into technical schools where our young people can learn and get certifications in plumbing, electrical engineering, being an electrician? How can we get these buildings turned into Cisco Academies and Microsoft Academies and VMware Academies? So when they finish high school, my buddy just told me he got a 21-year-old young man he mentored in technology. No college degree making $78,000 a year at 21. And he's getting smarter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How do we transform these, these closed buildings into these kind of incubators that can empower our young people?
0: And places that edify the communities they're in. Right. So even I know, uh, Michael Neal, pastor Michael Neal, who's super dope. If you don't know him, he's, he has one of those, um, uh, Commun- he right on Drexel. Yes, he's made a, a Timothy Community Center, right? Yes, we're a we're space we're we're where yeah, where he's able to have his church services. He opens it up to communities. They're able to do workshops. Like I even went there for a grant worker, uh, a grant writing workshop. He hosts all kinds of different events for the neighborhood. And again, it, it it looks better to have that in the space versus big vacant building yeah. that can do yeah. nothing, right? And yeah, yeah. um, Also, I see someone put in here. What about utilizing this for the arts, right? Given given the spaces within our community that are able to edify it, and you're able to have things and opportunities that are accessible to you, I think it's just so important. So you're right. We got these buildings. What do we need to do to be ordered to occupy them so they can be used for what they can be? You know, to help make our, our our neighborhoods better. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I'm going to be quiet and listen because I could talk all day. Y'all know. That
1: <laughs> I think we all can. And I agree with everything that's, that's being said. And I think what really struck a, a nerve for me is the conversation, the, the difference in conversations that we have as black families versus white families, mm. obviously have never been at, uh, on the white side of it, but uh, I do have friends that are, you know, non-black and, um, when we talked about the, the voting and all of that, I worked for years, uh, the local elections in Worth, which is a the, the white, you know, predominantly white community uh, right outside of Chicago over there by uh, Ridgeland, like the Ridgeland where Chicago Ridge Mall is. So Worth is a little bit south of there. And every yeah. year I will watch um, families, white families, come to the voting booth with their newly turned 18 year olds. They literally have a list, a piece of paper with the, the, the candidate's name, what they stand for. They're standing over there at their young person's shoulder telling him or her what to pick. I've never seen that in, in black communities, but that didn't start that day while they're eating dinner. They're talking about politics. We eat in separate rooms. Most of us,
2: so most of the time,
1: <laughs> of the time. And, and not both, I got to own it. I got to own it. And, and <laughs> often, you know, the black family, because our burdens are not comparable to 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 other races. The burden that we have buried uh, or that we're bearing rather is it, no comparison. So I get it. You know, it's modern, you know. I don't know the last time I ate you know, at the dinner table necessarily with my family, but the, the point I'm saying is is making this a, a conversation. These people campaign six, seven months before you know the day to vote. You know, that's when the conversations need to start having. Like, hey, this person popped up. I see a yard sign. Who is this person? Start Googling them. Find out who they're connected to, what they stand for. How open are they? to having a conversation a local conversation a lot of them want to pop up in churches two three weeks before the you know the time to vote but when you first start start campaigning let's have a conversation let's have a dialogue let's talk to our children uh, about you know how they um how they matter you know encouraging them to uh even run for student council like get them involved in in the 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 power of voting you know and i and i think that will help transform you know a lot of the the bigger issues that we see it starts with conversation you know uh the scripture in the bible i'm not sure where it's found but it says my people per- perish for lack of knowledge you know there's so many things which is why you know uh they were discouraging black people to be literate because once we have that knowledge there's nothing that we can't do. There's nothing yeah. we won't achieve. And so, if they are continuously hiding things uh, in policies and in and, 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 and practices and laws that we are not going to read, then they still have the upper hand.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, the, the conversation has to be so broad. And I've had um I've had white friends reach out to me, um, and white associates, for that matter. Um. Ooh. on on Facebook in my inbox and just say, Hey, Tony, like, I don't don't know what to ask. Is it okay to ask you how you doing? I said, it's absolutely Mm -hmm. okay to ask me how I'm doing. But go back and have that conversation with your white friends.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) You know,
2: you know, there there are people who genuinely care about us who are not of our fold, but they care about us because they know that the vast majority of us really have good intentions. There's always a 1% that's a, a opportunist but that one percent is sometimes desperate. You know, I talked to my, my most of my team is I got I got half my team is Latino. I talked mm-hmm. to them today, and they were like the the, the Latin Kings. They protected little village. Mm-hmm. You, you could protest, but you couldn't damage anything. Mm-hmm. That's what the Latin Kings did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What the folks in the Moles at? And mm-hmm. I'm not, I, don't, I don't want anybody to be a game, but I'm gonna say this: mm-hmm. What the folks in the Moles at protecting our community? Because that's what the Latin Kings held down. They're like we got enough drama over here with us. We we'll don't need our people going through anything else. Don't come over here with that,
0: right? And, and, and what you just said, Tony, is a perfect segue because if you see underneath, I have rebuild and restore our community businesses. And I don't even want to just say our businesses, just our community, period. And I'm going to tell you a few things that I observed just in three days that I know our ch- game changes. First, I'll start with today. 83rd, cleaning up, right? Being over there and, and you showed us the picture of like how that space looked before we got there.
2: Come right. And,
0: and it was horrific.
2: Horrific.
0: You, it was horrific. And, and I, I hope you posted so people can see just the real work that happened over there. But 83rd, that whole area was horrific. Um uh, we came from 55th and Wentworth and came over there to add. As we were there, more and more people were coming. And I must tell you, I had maybe two or three people trying to connect with us to figure where we at. And by the time I looked up, that area was spotless. Spotless. When I tell you, spotless. And when I tell, it was because we we all came in there. No one was, I mean, we had someone who came She didn't have a glove. No, she's like, I just, y'all need help? Yup. We gave her some gloves and she helped us and got it done. And that got done. That right there showed me the power of us taking care of ourselves. Right? Mm -hmm. People understood ain't nobody coming over here to clean up this mess, right? And I get it. You know, the bank is not connected. It's not a black-owned business, all that. But guess what? If you don't come in there and pick it up, them slips gonna still be in that grass. Yeah. The, that, yeah. That, that that nail polish that came out of the nail shop still gonna be on the ground. We understood that if we don't come over here and take care of it, it's not gonna yeah. get taken care of. Yeah. We left yeah. there to go yeah. to another area. Already taken care of. Like, done. Families yeah. are already there. Yeah. I, I called another friend. I'm like... I don't know where to go. Like everyone is taking care of their stuff.
2: Everyone, people, everyone,
0: everyone just came out and did it.
2: People came out in droves.
0: People came out in droves today. I still mm-hmm. see people saying what they're gonna do tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's the kind of energy you all that needs to be happening consistently. That's mm-hmm. what what I mean when I say rebuilding the village. People, yeah. everything I do, I always say about the village. The village. That's what the village looks like. The mm-hmm. village looks like, you know what? I'm not waiting to call 311 and tell them to come pick up. Guess what? I got a broom in the backyard. My kids are asleep. I'm going to wake them up. And this is their neighborhood. And I don't want them to wake up looking at their street, looking at the way it looks. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It ain't no one else's responsibility to take care of that than that. Second thing I'm going to mention. My kid, you know, our pastor, Pastor Hall, got on the live yesterday was like, look, we up here, we we see kids going in and out and out. I get it. I need every boy, every man, everybody I know, get your lawn chair, and we about to post in front of these black businesses. If you available, this is my number. Hit me up. If you got anything, we and, it's, and guess what's going to be peaceful? Don't bring your drama. Don't bring no gun. Don't bring no hostility. Just bring your water. Bring whatever you need, and we just going to post up. We going to Ain't She Sweet. We going to Toothfish. We going here, and they just post up where they're going to go. When I tell you, motorcycle clubs, they're with their motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Same mentality that, you know, that gay mentality that we talked about. It's not so much the gay mentality about you not going to disrespect mine. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality we need to know. Guess what? I don't own this building, but guess what? You don't own it either. And ultimately, <laughs> it's a jewel in our community. I need you to look at it being a jewel. Mm-hmm. You you mess up two fish. Where your family going to come and eat the next one when we get out this mm-hmm. pandemic? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We don't, got no, we don't have no coffee shops around here. You going to go over here and mess up sip and savor? Like, what you doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he said every person that approached them that was coming with that mentality when they heard that they like you right, brother. All right, you know, they, they gone. These these teens ain't man, who are you talking to? Blah, 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 blah. They not doing that. They they like, you know what? You actually care about my neighborhood. Right, I'ma keep, I'm keep it moving. That's the kind of care. mentality we need. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I'm like, we need to be able to have this, we just gonna take care of it mentality. We gonna have this you can't mess up my neighborhood mentality and then i'm gonna end because i heard somebody say it and that's what we're working on now even these black businesses don't be getting no state loan and city loans we need to put our money together help each other i love i saw some people today like man you can't afford boarding up call us up we got you I, i'm a construction company just give us some donations give us whatever you need me and my brother joe we doing this like putting together different organizations to work together because ego is not what we need right now. I don't care if my logo is on the flyer. I don't care if you understand who ran the event. Just come and help my community. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. give us some money so we can get it done. And trust me, I'm going to do right by you. You give me that money and I bet you it's going to go straight to that business. I'm not yeah. going to do nothing with it. They don't need yeah. to go to the Chase to get a loan. We can put 5 $10 together and guess what? They're gonna have a new chair that they need in their barbershop. They're gonna have a new whatever. You a painter? Go go get some paint. Let's go paint they, they walls. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just gotta get that mentality. How are we gonna rebuild our communities? Right now, people like the seniors, that medication. You got a car, I got a car, you got a car. Who we need to pick up to go get their medicine? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what I need to do? We just gotta have that mentality of we can take care of ourselves. And that's what's gonna get us to the mentality of really what black owned means? what does the village mean you gotta my biggest thing is and, and we're gonna get into this thing about the blackout 2020 cuz the gentleman who's over is gonna come on I don't think it's an issue of do you know there's a black business are you gonna buy black I think it's about do we really treasure and love black hmm. when we talk about black businesses we talk about like a second hand like right. it was the second option Girl, you Why know I do no rest shirt. of my side. Uh, girl, I'm, I'm getting this. I ain't buying that t-shirt. I mean, what quality is that thread? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we could do a blackout day, but you don't believe in black. You don't believe in village, and that's a bigger problem. What do we need to do to get you? You don't believe in your block. You believe in your house. You believe in your kids, but you don't believe that that's your kid too down the street that maybe they'll loot that store. That's the problem. You don't believe in village. And until we get that, it don't care. Oh, we can have blackout days for the whole month. Guess what? At some point, you're gonna feel like you are doing second class because you did black.
1: And I mean I get off, I get off soapbox. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> the black dollar has power, and and you know, we've we've said that, we've heard that before, but white America won't understand until. black dollar is not there we look at the 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 bus boycott that happened in the 60s for two years it wasn't just because people were walking that they that the the practices and policies changed. it's because for two years they didn't have our money coming in my god grandmother she grew up uh during that uh era and um she moved to chicago uh, right before the, the bus boycott happened, but her sisters and, and, and family were still there. And I had interviewed her uh, last year for a class that I was just doing some historical pr- perspectives of things. And um, I, it brought tears to my eyes and I still have the recording. Um, and she was telling me how when she would call uh, her sisters just to see how things were, 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 were uh, doing down there. And uh, she said, her sister said, uh, Helen, you know, these people, they're walking, their ankles are so swollen, but mm. they refuse used to get on that bus. For two years, people walked miles because they knew that the way they were treated was so unfair that's that's we we cave in too quickly nowadays enough enough of us have made it to some level of success you know we're able to move out of the hood you know we we have the letters behind our names or in front however you do it um but the real change the longevity of change that's what we're lacking compared to the generation before us you know we we collapse after a, a, a week Oh, man, I can't go to that restaurant for a week. Oh, forget it. You know, it didn't really matter. You know, we minimize our presence, you know, so often. But that they had longevity. We're lacking that now. You know, like you said, this blackout day. Yeah, we can say, oh, for one day, we ain't going to do this. We ain't going to go here. We're not going to go there. But after that, even the other people know, they'll be back. But for two years. Ankles swollen, feet tired, we're not doing it. If we can't sit anywhere on this bus, we're not getting on your bus.
2: Yeah, um, in- integration has made us lazy.
1: Yes. Mm.
2: Integration has made us lazy. And that, I, don't, I don't have a better way to say it because the race is not given to the SWIFT. No. Change is not given to the SWIFT. <laughs> well, you can walk 15 miles to work and 15 miles home because you believe in a cause? Yes. That's what Mark King is talking about. Yes. They, they endured. I, I Matt, I've been through four foster care homes, and I, I thank God for how I came up because mm. it, it built me, made me the man I am today. Mm-hmm. All I know is work and grind. I, yes. I, I, I pay for it and I spend the time with my daughter. I, I I eat that. I own that. But the way I came up, it taught me I'm Ida B. Wells born. I'm from a project baby. Absolutely. I had to learn how to grind and hustle and work. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Dominique, change is not comfortable. <laughs> change yeah. is not pretty. You know, the sacrifices that we have to make, if we see one nail shop disrespecting our queen, all of them should be targeted for yeah. no attendance. Not just one, not the one that's in the area, all of them. The, uh-huh. reason, the reason I love going out today is because on occasion, I order my wings up there from J and J fish when I got a big outing with the family. If I got to pay for somebody on my team, who's, who had a relative that just die, that's where I go pick up their chicken before I drop it off to their family. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, and and, and, and they were cool. They, they didn't, they didn't look at me like I was a threat when I was up there. They saw what I was doing and they saw when I came back, you know, they saw me early in the morning when I walked over to assess the damage. And they saw me when I came back with a garbage can, with a garbage bag and a pickup mm-hmm. thing because i know there's a staple on and jerema said it best i ain't just talking about protecting black businesses i'm talking about protecting the businesses in our community mm-hmm. but, but also with that educating them and holding them accountable yeah, yeah. We, we, keep you in we we
0: keep you in business
2: yeah we <laughs> keep you in business yeah you like you like these numbers and they they employ black people j and j fish up there you know what i'm saying so the impact, though, what broke me this morning was seeing seniors pull up mm. to go to the bank and could not get money. It's the first of the month. Yeah. They got medication to buy. They got yep. food to get. They got bills to pay. And they got grandbabies to take care of. They could not get any money. To so see that brother in his wheelchair car trying to go to Walmart, and he couldn't get in. It broke my heart and this is the part of the education We a uh, young people I understand you frustrated I understand you upset I understand you angry but guess what if the noble network of charter schools in two months have fed 75,000 families Monday through Friday and nobody can serve food today that impacts your people that impacts us I, I get you angry but educating them on a smarter way to protest. People talk a lot, yeah, Martin had it wrong, Malcolm had it right. No, neither one of them had it wrong. But when you talk about Malcolm, you got to talk about the psychology of Malcolm pre-MECCA and post-MECCA and pre-Nation of Islam and post-Nation of Islam. He was a different man with a different strategy and a different tactic on how to do business for your people that will also not cause them backlash at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And we have to break down that by any means necessary, it was not part of the nation of Islam's tradition. You saw that when the seven Muslim brothers got killed in California and nothing happened, right? So we can say by any means necessary, but understand the psychology with that. There's so much educating that I need and that we need. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm jealous of every person that went to an HBCU, I'm mad at y'all. Cause y'all, I don't know if you two went to an HBCU When I see the upper hand Mm -hmm. and the pride and the dignity, now I understand why the fraternities are so strong. I didn't get it at first. I didn't understand it at first, but now I see the unity and the unification that historically black colleges and universities give to our young Mm men. My nephew who graduated from Claflin, both of them, they were already special, brilliant but that HBCU turned them up a hundred times. Mm-hmm. We just have to educate our people. And we have to understand that in order to do this, we need our white allies. Yes, Who, who were right out there with us today, who rolled up right at 83rd street, three deep, which y'all need what, what we got going on. Yeah. That's the kind of unification that we need. This is why I don't march with everybody. -hmm. I had no plans on going downtown Chicago because, in my spirit, I knew something was wrong and something was going to jump off, and something did jump off. I understand why Malcolm X said, I don't want nothing from you. Because when we've been damaged like that, we don't know which white people are on our side because we've seen you shake our hands and stab Mm -hmm. us in the back at the same time. When you want to march, you march with your people, you know who's leading that march. Mm-hmm. Jamal Green had a phenomenal march it was peaceful and everything but I'm not for boots on the ground unless there's a strategy and an agenda after we march this is what we're going to do exactly we're going we have seen and exactly. I'm, I'm not knocking marches I'm not disrespecting anybody who went to a march or to a protest I'm all for it I understand it but after we do all of that walking the talking has to meet paper paper has to meet politician politician has to meet policy policy has to meet legislation legislation has to meet what the people actually need for governance
0: yeah and i and i want people to know that this is the reason for this platform so at the end of the day i for the last few days was like okay my spirit is uneasy anyone who know me like if if i i need to see what are we doing to move our people forward? Right. And I saw the protests and I saw these different things. I'm like, okay, we whoever led those those protests, you got some influence, right? You were able to get a whole bunch of folks.
2: A whole bunch.
0: A whole bunch of folks in the area. And we we gotta capitalize on those kind of opportunities. You yes. know what I'm saying? When you get a lot of people's attention like that, we gotta have, and, and from here, we are meeting here. This is what we are demanding. This is why we came here. We gotta have some strategy. And so I want everyone who was watching this, the three of us on here, and the reason um, we got a whole lot of other folks that's involved, we about building strategy and executing. Like, I mean like ASAP. I mean like when we get off this town hall, as soon as we get off, and people who are filling that Google Doc, like we already have a Zoom meeting set up for those who want to, be a part of like who our organizations. Cause again, this isn't about ego. This is not about ego. This is about building community and really making change. A lot of us, we have networks and people we can pull from and bring involved and all of that good stuff. But when we come together, we are a power to be reckoned with.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And we gotta understand that it is strength in numbers It's even more powerful when you got knowledgeable people that's in those numbers, right? You got a whole bunch of people who are not just walking around like it's hype to be an activist right now. Like, nah, I'm in this group and I know why I'm here. And we all know why we're here. And we are demanding the same thing. We all are fighting for the same thing. And I think it's important that we understand that because at the end of the day, protests are dope. I don't like like you just said, I'm all about it. But I'm a strategic in everything. I, I'm strategic in everything I do. I just don't go for the hype. i am just never been that person. So at the end of the day, like I'm going to make my impact the way that I know that I can do it, which is really planning it out so they can I can see change. I can see forward movement. And that's as uh, Tony said, I know some of these things I might not even be allowed to see it happen.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, it might be trade that benefits from it. But yeah. I'd rather yeah. him benefit for it. And he see the fight and the struggle for it then lay then then, then that this is just the way it is that yeah, you know yeah. what you know what this is this is the way our immigration was when my mom grew up so i guess it's what i'm supposed to be when i grew up. no 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 things are shifting things are going to change things, you you're not going to be profiled honey you you're too brilliant for that we're not going through that i don't need to worry i pray i do all those things but you're going to see mommy act as well mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're going to be involved you're going to be at those meetings right mm-hmm. most people they see um, it's, it's it's a reason I, and I, it was something you said earlier time Which I think is so important when we're doing this kind of work. What I also love was seeing people with their kids oh. Your kids got to be involved investment comes with them being involved in it, right? Also another reason I might not take it important because it's kind of like when you take your kid to the store And they spending your money, but it's different when you make them spend their money
2: Right, yeah. like if they got
0: twenty dollars, you're like, oh, you want that toy? Didn't you just get twenty dollars? Well, actually, I don't want it no more. Uh, or when they get it, they're gonna make sure they hold on to them. I, I, I left my stuff. Guess what? It's an investment. Yeah, right. You you understand, like that's why it's so important that we're building businesses and we are building legacies because guess what? And you see these people, not only are they building legacies, who working in those stores? Mm-hmm. It's an investment. Yeah. Right. I work with my dad and guess what? When he died, I took over the business. And then when I die, I'm going to give it to my son. And guess what? We're going to take care of it and we're going to manage it because it's ours. Yes. It's ours. I have ownership of it. I take pride in what I do. I don't want my name to be the thing. Right. Right. So I think that's important as well that we are really getting into the mindset of how can we build, how are we getting our babies involved so that when we leave, it doesn't die with us. The momentum doesn't die with us. He needs to care about who the alderman is as well. Your child should care about who is in the legislative branch and all these different things as well. But they don't care if they're not there. And most of the time, you see me at events and all that. Yes, I'm a single mom. All those things are true. But it's intentional. If I got a plan of meeting, Trey's right there. If you ask Trey what, what encouraged me to do versions of books, he's going to say me. You, I'm the inspiration mom. And I'm like, you're right. Cause guess what i need you to understand when you're old enough you're gonna work here for over the summers you're gonna build when we do events because guess what i'm leaving something for you and we gotta do the same thing for our kids and i think the rebuilding is about just them getting a sense of pride in what we're doing we get a sense of pride in what we're doing and being strategic and so i know we've been on here um uh, for a while i love it i love it I, I, I think people are loving it too but i think that that's a part of strategic planning you are so if you really Really, really are about that life. Like you, like you hear Tony, he is about that 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 policy life. Like if you really try to write these policies and get and get involved, I need you to fill out that Google form. You see the email at the bottom, if that's the best way to communicate and let us know. Because we're gonna start working like yesterday. <laughs> if yeah. you about helping these businesses be able to get back on the ground and get themselves funded, we already are starting a fund for that, which you'll see posted afterwards. And again, it, it don't matter who. Gets the credit. You really just about building community. Then I need you to contact me. If you really about educational reform and making sure that we get the things we need in our schools, then let us know so you can get involved. You are in a space of people that want to act. I might be in a protest too, but guess what? I'm acting alone and I'm making some change that comes along with that. So um, yeah, I, I think it's just important. We at the point now where people ask like, why did this Murder um, makes such a difference. I think people are in a spirit of we gotta act. We gotta act. We can't let this this one go by and we end up in another place again. A little, you know, in a couple of moments. Yeah. you
2: know, we all have we have risen as a people through all of these occasions in history, right? I, I did a press release for our champs organization yesterday because you know Nike is one of our partners. So you know, yeah, yeah I know everybody ran out of the store, but I'm like, hey, I want them to know like. You know we appreciate your support and that's the biggest piece is educating the community on who's actually giving back and helping us mm-hmm. that's information that they absolutely need to know so you can think twice you know i'm an ice cube head i remember when he said don't mess with the black owned stores but hit the footlocker like i remember what he said but you know there there's a lot of organizations out there that are helping us and it may not be monetarily maybe it's just hey, you know we'll sponsor an event for you we'll give you a donation for that but you know, I just think we have such a great responsibility. And I think that's the expanse of us as a people where because we know what the gutter looks like, we just choose mm-hmm. never to, and we choose never to stay there for a long time. So mm-hmm. we, we're going through a phase right now in our country. And my, my, my final message to the people who are watching and, and seeing the looting, because there's a whole lot of helicopters on the South side of Chicago. I'm not sure how many on the North side. I'm, mm. I'm gonna leave that alone, but <laughs> uh, but you know, I I know what you see, but just think about it this way. have they arrested that police officer and his cronies, would this ever happen? And if the answer is no, then you gotta deal with cause and effect. Yes. You have to mm-hmm. deal with cause and effect. And it's pieces like this and statements like this, man, I'm telling you the last year, I have been unapologetic about my blackness. Mm-hmm. And I offended a friend of mine who was white and I didn't apologize for it. I let her know your statement was racist. You may not realize that, but I don't expect you to because you live in a nice suburban home and you get to stay home and raise your two kids. That's not the story for every black woman on the planet. Absolutely. I, I was
1: actually uh, involved in another Zoom meeting earlier with uh, uh, some white, you know, uh, educators, and my my cousin and I, and we're trying to strategize, you know, use their platform to bring these topics up because we do need allies. But one of the ladies, what she said, and I had never heard it uh, from that perspective, from that side, she said, you know, um, when Rodney King, that situation happened, she said I had the option of turning it off. Uh. And I replied, I said, we don't have that option. Mm. I'm not a black male, but I'm a black female. So literally our white friends, associates, however they want to categorize themselves, we need them to not turn it off. It needs to be so loud that they can't, that they're losing sleep, that they're troubled. And that's the difference between George Floyd, uh, this, why so much energy is around it. The man literally had his hands in his pocket while he crushed someone's
2: neck. It was normal.
1: Yeah. He crushed a man's neck. It's it's normal. Yes. He broke someone's neck which caused suffocation. Again, I'm not a coroner, but I know I can't withstand two hundred pounds on my neck for ten minutes, and it not be broken.
2: It's slave patrol tactics.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. though the way that they, the way that they killed black people, besides the lynching, you know, with with the neck, they it was one tactic they used where they tied a rope to a person's foot, tied the string around a tree. Tied a string around a horse, horse's leg, connected to that person's arm, and told that horse, giddy up. So we have endured just these harsh, harsh ways of murder. And for that person who is under oath, who is charged to serve and protect, to do that. and, And knowingly, people were watching, and regardless if people were watching or not, but... But to see that type of, 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 of horrific harm done, he does not need to be in office. His partners don't need to be in office. And any, they, to, to be honest, they need to investigate that whole police department. Because I'm sure other practices like that have not well, been documented. Exactly. That's going on. Um, so that happened right after we're trying to unpack Ahmaud Arbery. Like so much stuff is happening in such a short time that now we see this explosion and we're wondering, oh, why is it exploded? (laughs) All 2020 has been a hell of a year and we've only had six months.
2: Yeah, we're not not done yet. We're not done yet. And it's just the thing, like this is why it's the perfect storm, right? Because events are happening within the happening. Within the happening within the happening there was a white pastor down in georgia who said he got kidnapped by two black men and held at gunpoint one of his friends was concerned he reaches out to the police department and it turns out that this pastor was in a hotel room with another man but because you can be susan smith and say black man drowned, took stole the car and drowned my kids you can be this other white woman who within the last month said black man kidnapped a black man kidnapped her child when she's the one who drowned them in a the canal. Because, because we deal with, and I hate even using the term black since I've been reading, you know, man, destruction of a black civilization, Chancellor Williams. Whoa my goodness, like but for us people of African descent, you know, uh, I'm fine with people calling me black. I it, it, it I don't I don't nitpick over the little stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we're still defined by our color and mm-hmm. not by our ethnicity further perpetuates the race riots and the race wars. Right? We are still the most hated people on this planet.
1: Yeah. Yes. And but the hardest working we hell we built the damn planet civilization hardest working people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of my she, she one of my I call her white just for sake of being white, but she's actually mixed, um, uh, Arabic and uh, I believe Jewish. But she said she sat her daughter down mm. and watched the entire length of the video with her daughter, mm. and she said her daughter started shaking, but she said she made her watch it because she wanted her to understand the whole picture of everything that's going on. Personally, I have not watched a video because honestly, since Rodney King, since Laquan McDonald, since Oscar Grant, since Mike Brown, since Rakia Boyd, like we don't need to see no more videos. We already know the truth. We know what's happening. We believe what's happening. And it happened in my community of South Shore when I lived there growing up. There was a cop who was black and his name was Six Point. And y'all know where that Six Point came from. Mm. He would pick up our homies and drop them off in folk territory and they'd get they get their tails whooped. Mm. One of our young brothers, who was gang affiliated, handcuffs behind his back and this dude puts a bullet in his head. Nothing ever happened to Six Point. Mm. He had to hide in a store. And we love the Arab store, but when they took that cop in, we blew it up. Because you don't get to come over here into our community and harbor terrorists who are legalized and weaponized to kill us. Mm-hmm. And that's if you're a black officer killing us, and that's if you're a white officer killing us. We're not gonna harbor that. The hood didn't stand for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the kind of oppression that we go through. So when we put these things in movies, like Boys in the Hood, when we put these things in movies, like Minister to Society, which I think sent our people on a course of just destruction, that's just my personal opinion. But when we put these scenes in there, no one ever talks about them. No right. one wants to have the conversation and we yeah. need to have the conversation. And to know that somebody who I'm associated with sat down with their white child they're mixed white child and made them watch that video. And that's, that's tough, but I know why she did it because she wants to be one of the voices of change. And we need to continue those partnerships, you know, with the things that we have to do as black people is, oh, we got We got to give pre-statements, right? We got, oh, we know all police officers are not bad. Oh, right. we know all white people are not against black people. See, we got to do all this. They don't have to do that at all. I was in a conversation with pastors last week, we had a, a live prayer meeting online and one of the rabbinical brothers who's Jewish said, he talked about the separation between blacks, Latinos and Jewish people at the towards the end of the civil rights movement per se. But he said he was able to blend in. And I looked at all my brothers <laughs> and I said, guess what man, I don't get to blend in bro. <laughs> I wake up with this brown skin every day. I can change my hair. I can change my clothes and them donuts, maybe change my weight. But I don't get to change this. This is God's gift to me. And I'm aware like a gift and not a curse.
0: I love it. So I want to say this to you all who are watching. You see at the bottom and I just checked. I'm seeing people are starting to email me. Thank you so much. If you are serious about being involved in what we're doing as far as really coming together to start changing things like in the legislative branch and when it comes to our city government, when it comes to our communities, when it comes to our schooling, when it comes to our families, all of those things, please please reach out Um, if you, for whatever reason, if the link isn't working, I'll email it to you. Um, Email me, I can send it to you by email, but again, we're starting ASAP. I'm going to put on my personal page and burst into. Versus a books page, a meeting we're having tomorrow at 12 p.m. With different community leaders and individuals who want to get involved as well. And again, um, if you looked at the list of the agenda, I actually had that we're going to move that conversation to another day. But I would really like to encourage you all to um, I really want to encourage you all to be able to check out what's called Blackout Day 2020 right? And so the gentleman who is in charge of that, his name is Calvin Martyr. Uh, We're actually going to set up a day this week in which it'll just be me, him, and a few other people that's involved with that movement. If you have not learned about what Blackout Day 2020 is, I want you to not only um, check it out, but also go to the website. And I have the website that'll come up very soon, which is um, entitled pretty much blackoutday.org. And so I will put that in the comments. So again, I want you to go to that website and learn about what Blackout Day is. It's all aligned and what we're talking about. We're building our communities, um, supporting Black businesses, being able to come together, not only just in our cities, but across the nation, but then also continuing that movement of support, um, supporting Black businesses. So again, I will put that in the comments. I believe it's blackoutday.org and you can learn more and... Um, And again, it's going to be a great, great time. But again, I am so appreciative of Tony. I'm so appreciative of my Kenya. And I'm so appreciative of you all sticking in there with us. We will have more talks like this because again, um, cleaning up our neighborhoods is not a one day thing. (laughs) Working and trying to get our kids the support and help they need is not going to be just this summer or even just this year. And after the pandemic and really just trying to make change within the government and in our local and city and state and all these different things is really going to take a, a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice but i believe that we are in a position that we are ready to see change and i believe we're in a position where we have people who are ready to work with us so again i appreciate you all sharing this live if you're watching share it again so it can get out more and more And um, again, let's build. Let's build. Let's change. Let's make it better for not only our current. I want to see some change in my lifetime, but I also want to see it for those who come after me as well. So, again, thank you all. Have a great rest of your evening. Yes. 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 You about about to say something, Marquis?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna. (laughs) Please, um, please, please, girl. No, you. You know, the benediction. You know. But I said something earlier to the group that I was meeting with um, earlier and, you know, um, they wanted to know what could they do. Uh, These are white, white women. Mm. Um, And I said, you know, sometimes nothing needs to be done, but, but um, in, in embrace the silence with us. Mm. There are about five stages to grieving, I believe. Um, and so we're grieving. You know, th- this is a a, a, a a grief that we're bearing, and and sometimes we we can't and won't say anything, but be there to hand us a tissue. You know, be there when we are ready to talk. You know, a lot of the kids they're not verbally talking, but they'll text you. You know, reach out to the the young people that you are connected to, ask them how do you feel. That open for me open the flood date floodgate of communication with the people the, the young men that i'm connected to everyone on here text some young person you know and just ask them how do you feel they're not gonna pick up the phone and call you but at least have that dialogue let them know it's okay to not know it's okay yeah. to not have feelings and it's okay to even be quiet it is you know too often we're we're trying to 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 strategize and talk which is important but sometimes you need to reflect you need to process um that is a part of getting through grief having that 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 time where your soul can hear itself talk you know so that that would be my parting words um i've been in a lot of just just deep reflection and 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 trying to journal, and I've I've been waking up, you know, two three in the morning. Um, I have friends in other states, uh, Los Angeles, and their time zone is different, and you know, just seeing what's going on there, you know, it's 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 a lot to take in. And so we really need to activate our black therapists. There are a lot of black therapists out there. Not saying anything's wrong with the white ones, but let's activate our black therapists. Yep. Um, I have, you know, godmothers and friends who are attorneys and I've just called them this weekend like, hey, am I wrong for feeling this this way legally? What is the perspective? Why are they saying things? this because that's not my my field. You know, I'm, I'm not you know, into law. I'm into education. So activating the people in your sphere of influence, the resources that you have to even um, expand your knowledge you know, to ask those hard questions, reach out to the pastors, you know, um, TD Jakes uh, tweeted this awesome tweet this morning and I screenshot it and shared it with a few friends. And the tweet was simply everything that you're seeing in your new newspaper is in your Bible. Period. This is history. It's, it, it's, 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 it's repeating itself you know, and so although it's new to us, it's not new to to the, the 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 reality of the span of the world and the cycles that 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 humans go through. So we can have you know conversations. We can have um, a a place where we uh, can find direction, uh, but we have to activate the people that we are connected to, so that we are not on an island. We're not you know getting depressed. Uh, We're not uh, thinking about, you know, or or the suicidal thoughts that the young people uh, might be having because it's too much. Like we need to reach out to young people because they're silent right now, you know, and, and figure out, you know, hey, let's just have this dialogue. So that would be my parting words. I love it. I love it.
0: I love it. Well, thank you all. I hope that what we shared got your mind going, that you are encouraged and motivated to become a part of the change and whatever that is, whatever space, and maybe you need time to process that because I'm actually okay with that as well. I think that so many times we can feel bad because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing right now, Mm -hmm. right? But as she just said, going through the motions and reflecting and really taking the time to make sure that you're intentional with your energy is a thing as well. So again, if you are ready to act contact us. If you're ready just to talk and process, contact us. And again, um, I think we, as long as we're doing forward movement, we can't help but to see differences within our community. And and, and and in conjunction with the community, it becomes the state, the state, the nation, and hopefully the world. So thank you all for listening. And we will see you soon with another town hall, uh, which we'll address as we continue to build and build and build. Take care. Mm-hmm.